Praise God. You know, I haven't figured out Twitter. Have you guys all figured out Twitter? I haven't figured it out. I don't know how people uh, send me stuff, and, and um, I have a Twitter account. Joe, Joe, do you have a Twitter account? None. I don't have one either. <laughs> I have one, but I don't have it. You know what I mean? These young people are looking at me like, what? It's the greatest thing this side of Pittsburgh. It's the greatest invention since peanut butter. You know? I haven't figured out Twitter. I don't understand it. And, and when I respond, people will call me up and say, did you look at my Twitter thing? I said, no, where's that, you know? And finally, I'd get on it and look at it, and, and it was something they sent me like seven months ago. And they were waiting for me to respond for seven months. And I said, I don't know how to respond, but I will do my best. And then I respond something to them, and I, and I, and I think one day I sent, uh, Vicki, didn't I send you something one time and it wasn't for you, it was somebody else, or was that Stacey? I, I sent it to somebody, but it was the wrong person that was supposed to get it. That's how technology-bound I am with this new-fangled stuff. Uh, but, and, and Facebook's no different. I want to call Facebook FaceTime, and it's not the same thing, you know. So it's all, all this stuff is just unbelievably amazing. I mean, you can, you can send out what you're eating for breakfast to like thousands of people. You know? I don't understand why somebody would want to know what I had for breakfast, but do you, do you guys all know what I mean? You know, you can just do this in the, just with a little push of a button. An emoji. The heck's an emoji, you know? I was one day we were on 10 o'clock and I wanted to change my screen around so you could see what was written on my shirt. And I had to say to Stacy, she's shown me like 10 times how to do this. And I said, Stacy, I can't find the button. <laughs> she comes running down, you know, and pushes the button for me. I'm telling you, I'm just, I don't have any knowledge for it. Communication today is so fast that, you know, that's why the stamps are going up so much. Did you know that? They're going up so much because nobody's using them. Why would I send you something? Oh, you still use them, don't you, Sue? Yeah. Uh, Marna, you, you still use them, don't you? Yeah. Maybe when they get up to a dollar, we'll quit. Who knows? And start sending everything that way. It's amazing, isn't it, that we can do that, not just here in the community we live in, but we can do that all around the world. Everybody around the world. I have friends in, in Haiti that... Uh, that will send me an email. Now, I do understand email, somewhat. I'm not really good at it, but I understand it. And they'll email me and say, did you get this? And I'm looking, I'll email them back and say no, you know. And, and it's just amazing that we can do this stuff. And I can even FaceTime them, and I like doing that. And seeing them face-to-face, -face, you know, is a, a real blessing. But in the first century, communication wasn't like that. In the first century, if you wanted to send a letter from Rome to uh, Jerusalem, you had to find somebody that was, that was driving that way. Not driving. Um, uh, 
taking a camel, you know, or whatever, a boat. and what, However, you, you had to find somebody that was going to take a long journey to take that letter there, you know, and a lot of it probably entailed walking. So you had to find someone, first of all, that you trusted. You just didn't walk up to somebody, hey, you going to Jerusalem this month, you know. You had to find somebody that you cared, that you knew would care for the letter that you was carrying, and, and um, it was a long, it was a, it was a book, as we see in the New Testament. They were books of, of writing that they would send along to people and hope that they got there. And hope that, you know, that they didn't get shipwrecked or stuff like that and get all kinds of, you know, it was a process. It was a process. And as I was thinking about this process, I, I, I was pondering, it was several months back, I was pondering the fact that um, uh, there's four one-page letters in the New Testament. Did you know that? Four one-page letters. Second John, Third John, Jude, and Philemon. These books are just a, a couple paragraphs on a page. Just a couple paragraphs on a page. And they were sent long distance to the recipients. And I thought to myself, that these letters must be important. These letters must be um, something that somebody wants somebody to hear. And I thought, oh my. And, and, and then I thought to myself, the word came, they must be urgent letters. To not keep on talking about them, you know, not to keep on talking like Paul. He would just go on and on and on and ever, forever, you know. But, but these letters were short and concise. And I thought to myself, there must have been something going on, going on at the time that was dreadfully needed intercession. To say, quit doing what you're doing. To say, oh, there's somebody I want you to take care of. To do whatever it might have been. These were urgent. These four letters were urgent urgent to get to the recipients so that they could respond to it. But you still had to write that down real quick, write it down real quick, and then you had to find somebody to take it. So it might have been months after you wrote it, after John wrote Second John, for example. Who knows how long it took to get to the recipients that he was writing to. But they were urgent letters. So I'm going to spend the month of September on these four letters. Okay? So if you want to read next week, you want to read uh, 3 John. Digest it. Read it. Consume it. Ask God to open your eyes to it. Um, Because each of these four letters has urgent topics, I think. Urgent, Urgent things that need to be covered. And today we're going to look at um, the book of 2 John the letter of Second John, and I'll, I'll share it with you, um, that today was the perfect day to talk about Second John. Okay? Um, it was written, as you read it, uh, to a chosen lady. John, John uh, the elder, wrote this to the cho- chosen lady and her children. And, um, and um, some people, who, who is the chosen lady, you know, is the question we should ask right away. Uh, who is this chosen lady? Well, it could have been a woman that was running a house church, or it could have been a church, you know, that had maybe several churches in it. But it was someplace that John was their elder. So the elder, the, the spiritual director, is writing to this church or to this group of people 
um, and, the, and their children, you know, then that'd be like somebody writing to, to here, to LaGrange, to the, to the, to the pastor and to the children of, 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 the, of whom he's serving. Um, so it's a, a letter that, that is, um, is short, concise, and to the point. And I have some things I want to bring out to you that I think are important for us to hear today. Some 60 years after Jesus is crucified, they're still struggling with the idea of how it is to be in this new, new way, this, this um, Christ way, compared to the old way of the Jewish law. They're no longer in that dispensation of, of law. Now they're in the dispensation of grace, and it's hard to grab a hold of that. 2,000 years ago, and my friends, I want to say today, 2,000 years later, it's hard to grab a hold of that. And I want to share with you that this letter is talking about us not 2,000 years ago. It's talking about us today. Are you ready? Let's listen to it. To the elder, to the chosen lady and her children whom I love in the truth, not only I but also all who know the truth. That means all that claim Christ as Savior. Because of the truth, which lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace. Let me just stop there for a second. He gives them this blessing, grace, mercy, and peace. One of the things you ought to do, especially in the, Old, or in the New Testament, is to look at all the letters and look, at every, look up the word grace in your concordance and see all the times that grace is used. And you'll never see... You'll never see mercy and peace be with you and grace. Grace is always first, friends. If you want to have peace in your life and you want to have mercy in your life, you have to have grace. Amen? Grab a hold of that. It's a purposeful thing. Paul's writings all the same way as this one here is. Timothy, all of them write the same way. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son will be with us in truth and love. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new commandment, but one you have had from the beginning. And I ask that we love one another. And this is love. Verse 6, are you with me? And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. There are many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. They have gone out into the world. Any such person is the, is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out! Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. And then in verse 9, the elder says to us, John the Beloved, anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching and has both, has both the Father and the Son for if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. For anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. 
boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. We should be saying, Lord, we're sorry. That's talking about us, my friends. Then the closing, verse 12 and 13. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. Also, the children of your sister that's with him, who is chosen by God, send their their greetings too. My goodness. I, I hope you hear the urgency in that letter. The urgency in that letter is that things are not going right there, but I hear some, some are following everything that's going on. Uh, and it reminds me of Jesus saying, I hope when I come back, that when I come back to get my family, my home, my church, that I'll find someone faithful. Amen? That should, and we should be screaming, Lord, help me to be faithful. To, as John, the, the beloved here says, to the, not new news, but to the old news that we are to love. And he's talking about hearing it from Christ. Let me try to give you three thoughts, just real quick. The first one, if we glean from this letter, if you really digest this letter, if you would really go home and read it over and over, it took us a whole five minutes to read it, and that was with me reading it. Love is the fundamental must be the fundamental um, um, doctrine, faith, belief, trust of any Christian that's proclaiming Christ. Love has to be there. And and we know that, don't we? In verse 9, he says, don't run ahead of God. Don't run ahead of God. Stay, Stay right there in tune with him. If you run ahead of God and forget about loving people, caring for people, reaching out to people who are hurting. If you forget about that, running ahead, trying to get ahead and and do everything so that you can be better than everybody else, you've missed the point. He says, don't do that. He says, instead, if you hear it really close, and and remember who's writing this, and 1 John even, if you want to take time and read those five chapters of 1 John, just a tremendous book, and it's all talking about love. John was hooked up on, on love. He said, the, love has to be the key. He said, you want to know what the, John, John the, the elder, the beloved, said, here's what I'm saying to you, that the, the gospel of message of, of Jesus Christ, in a nutshell, is love. If you don't love, then you don't know Christ really. Because uh, he said, he, uh, we remember when Christ said that we need to love God with all that we have and all that we are. And we're, we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And, 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 and why do we do that? Because then people will know that you're a Christian if you really love. Well, you know, I still have that neighbor. You guys remember my neighbor? Has that big dog? And he never goes to the bathroom in his yard. He likes my yard. And the neighbor never has a plastic bag. I'm to love him too? The answer is, yeah, yeah, whatever. And that, I use that as a silly example. But we are to love God. And if we love God, then the, the natural offspring of that is that we love people. Whether, whether we stink and agree with them or not, it doesn't matter. Amen? We still love them. We don't beat them up. We don't tear them apart. We love them. And, 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 uh, it's really difficult to say, friends. 
We love them and care for them no matter what. Even if we, we um, you know, have a hard time sitting with them and being with them, God wants us to love each other, to prove to the world that we, we are not like the world, my friends. That we don't like this person or we don't like that person. That, that Well, okay. But I still love them enough that if they need anything, I'm there for them. Amen? Today, we have a hard time with that. And I'm trying not to bring the church into all these things that I'm, I'm talking about, but it's right there, friends. You know, the, the, moment, the moment you mention anything against them, um, um, uh, or uh, not against, but uh, uh, yeah, I guess against, but the moment you say anything that's not supporting of, of a gay community, for example, or of uh, an alcoholics thing, or whatever it may be, right away you're homophobic and you're a racist. You know, and that's not really it, friends. I'm telling you that that is um, the other side of the world thought is that yes, that's who you are because you you don't agree. And just because we doesn't we don't agree doesn't mean. Now I'm sure there are some that are like that, but in this church I hope not. In this building, in this sanctuary, out in the parking lot, at home, wherever you're at, that we're not that kind of people. We're the people that love people enough to say, "Oh, okay, I don't agree with you." Amen. But I still love you, and I still care for you. And anything you need, I'm here for you. John's writing that. John's writing that. If you listen to it real closely, he's saying that if you want to live out the gospel, the gospel in one word is love. Love, no matter what. Let me give you a second thing. And this is the one that I, I, I struggle with myself. If, if you listen to this letter really close, you see that, that the, the elder, John the Beloved, is saying to us in verse 6 that love and obedience go hand in hand. Love and obedience. So that that uh, obedience is a terrible word. He says, and this is love. In verse 6, this is love, that we, work, we walk in obedience to his commands. In other words, that we live out what he said. He said, this is what I want you to do. Love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and love your neighbors, and love yourself. And a lot of us have a lot of trouble loving ourselves, amen? <laughs> I'm telling you. But, but love and obedience, we, we, we seem to have this all wrong. We think when we think of that word of obedience, then God's telling us not to do certain things, and we've got to do it. I don't think so. And then he's telling us there's things that we should do, and, and, and if we don't do it, we, we have marks against us. And, and I don't think he's saying that. I don't think he's saying, these are the things that you've got to do. Yeah, he does. But I don't have to do them. I want to do them. Amen? When, I, when we're talking about this obedience thing, it's not because I have to do it. If we have to do it, then we've missed the point. If we have to do it, you ready for this? I'm going to be really judgmental. If you have to do it, you don't love right. Do you all get that? Because if I have to do it, my, my good in two-shoe things that I'm doing is much better than yours. And you better look out. No, if we, if we think of obedience as something that we have to do, Paul says it to us so closely in... in um, in um, Romans chapter 7, he says, you know, the things that I know I should do, I don't do it. And the things that I want to do, that I need to do, 
I don't do them. But boy, oh boy, the things that I know I shouldn't do, I do them pretty quick. And he says to us, it's a conflict. Because it's not the things that, you know, it's like everybody says, well, I'd like to, I'd like to have Jesus Christ, but I don't want to give up all this stuff. You don't have to give up anything to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen? Just trust in him, right? And then if you want to give up something later on, you'll find out you don't have to do it. What do you want? You want to do it. You want to do it so you can have that obedience in your life. This is love. This is love, that we walk in obedience to all of his commands. And he, he summed, if you don't know it, he summed it up. The elder is saying, I'm not giving you a new commandment. I'm not saying anything to you today, 2,000 years later, that's any different than this writing right now. If you want to be in that walk with Christ and serve him and be obedient, love. Love above everything. Oh, my. Well, let me give you this last thought. It's in verse 12. It's the verse I, I just love dearly. I have, to, I have much to say to you. I have much I want to write to you, but I don't want to use the paper and the ink, and I don't want to trust somebody to take it. <laughs> Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. I want to say, if you really digest this, you'll find out that what the elder is saying is that love is much better face to face, much better when you're close to each other. You know, so we this this day and age and everything, we can send all these emojis out, and people send out these emojis, and I, I get this emoji and I read it and I look at it. No, it's not an emoji. I don't read an emoji, do I? Um, what is it? The text. When I read the text, and I'm thinking, well, geez, they're upset. Now, how do you do that in the text? Put upset. I'm upset. I suppose if you put an emoji with somebody, I'm going to punch you. You know, that made me. That would make you think, okay, they're not happy. You know. Just crazy. So I need to look at people face to face and have a conversation with them. I, I used this illustration a long, long time ago. But um, any golfers? Yeah, Joe goes golfing. Jim goes golfing. Any other golfers? I, I could never understand. My brother and I golfed an awful lot in the younger days. I could never understand when I would see somebody out there golfing by themselves. To me, that's the insane thought. I mean, wonder if you get a hole in one. And you go back to all your friends and you say, hey, I got a hole in one. And they're looking at you. Where? Who, who saw you do this? You know what I mean? It's, in, it's insane. I would, I, if I was golfing by myself, I would make sure I never even got near the hole to get a hole in one. Because I would be extremely elated and... Never be able, I, my, my, my brother at my funeral is going to say at my funeral, the only thing I can say my, about my brother is that he was there when I got a double eagle. You know what a double eagle is? When you hit the hole in two instead of five. You, isn't that right? Is that what it is, Joe? It's really good. Huh? Albatross, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all went up and looked all over the place for his ball. There was four of us. We went up and looked, and then his friend looked in the hole and said, "Geez, guy." And he walked away. He didn't play anymore after that. <laughs> he said that was it. It's hard. It's hard to explain to somebody 
just how much you love them. If you're saying it when they're in the house and you're in your house, then you're not face to face with each other. Paul, or uh, the elder here, John, the beloved, is saying the way that we get close to God and close to each other is by looking at each other and sharing our hearts. Amen? Sharing our hearts. Now, I thought about that as we wrote that letter, and, and as he wrote that letter, and I think it's an urgent letter to say to the people, you got to keep loving, because there was all kinds of people there uh, in that early first church saying no. You don't have to do that. What you need to do really is get circumcised. What you really need to do is hang on to those laws of the Old Testament. And John is trying to say, no, no, those are good, but we've got something better now. And I thought, how do we do that then for ourselves today um, as John is writing that letter? How do we put these things into our lives to really, truly love people the way that we should, to hang on to people um, that we disagree with? Um, and in the church today, you know, I, I would cover your prayers, as a matter of fact, for Wednesday at noon. Right, Sue? Wednesday at noon, we, we meet with our DS. And we need your prayers, friends. The SPR committee needs your prayers for uh, at noon on um, this Wednesday. That, and you know what our prayer should be? That we show love. Love. And then we have a, another meeting in a, in a month or so that we, that we should be talking about. And, and the, the meeting on the 18th, we should always, I, I have written down some things that I want to say to everybody before we even get started. But it should be a meeting concerning love and how we respond to, um, um, as he said, there are people that come in and say other than Jesus Christ, and what's our response? It's not to follow them. It's difficult. We need a way to put these, this second letter in our lives today, and I think I have the only, there's probably thousands of ways that we could do that. As we said here, we could love, I know there's people we have in our lives that we don't love, and we need to love them, so we could do that. That would be a way. But I thought as a joint thing um, for us to do this, and if you want to write this down, I'll say it real slow, because it has deep meaning, I think. I put this prayer on my heart. If, if you want to, I don't say too much about 10 o'clock, but if you ever want to hear something powerful, Tuesday of this past week, look that, look that video up and then skip all of it down to the end. God put a prayer on my heart that day that was just powerful. Powerful. And I, I would, I would uh, give it to you. Well, maybe I'll bring it next week and read it. But I think the way that we can respond to this is simply by that, by having the right prayer language. Let me give you a, a, a start to that, and then you, you change it to where it means something to you, okay? Will you pray with me? As we finish this time up, Lord God, we, we, we appreciate this letter even more than we did a couple minutes ago. We want to learn what it is to love you and love our neighbors and love ourselves. We want to know that that command is not an option, Lord. And we want to know that uh, to solve the problem, we need to be face-to-face -face with our friends, our people that push us the wrong way, and pray with them. But help me to pray first, Lord. Here's this prayer that God put in my heart. 
God, no matter what, help me to love others. God, no matter what, help me to love others. <clears throat> and I pray that, that I would love others the way that you have loved me. Oh my. <clears throat> Help me to love others as you have loved me. So that each person, and I'm talking about our families, our friends, our co-workers, strangers, so that each person we meet in the days that lie ahead today, tomorrow, the days of our life, that because they ran across my path, they might find a great sense of your love of your great love for them. I've added to that prayer. Let me read it to you. God, help me to love others as you have loved me so that every person I meet, every person that I meet has a sense of your great love for them. Use me to that end, Father, is my prayer today. Use, use us to that end is our prayer today. All for your glory. All for your glory do we pray it. We want to be your healing agents, Lord. And we want to share Jesus Christ with all you send our way. We pray this in your son's name today. Amen. <clears throat>